I'm John Keane, and I welcome you to Let's Talk Native on this Tuesday, January 7th at 2020. Uh, we're just getting started here. Um, <laughs> we're just getting started here. While this program may not provide a path to spiritual enlightenment, we do encourage, and in some cases, start conversations. We break the rules for Native Radio. We don't do prayers or buffalo speeches. We take a tough look at history, oppression, and survival. We talk about culture, the arts, politics, and identity. And we may step on a few toes along the way. But our real goal here is to bring people together by breaking down what separates us. We will uh, take on the false narratives and provide critical thinking to all that is heaped upon us. And we do it all right here from the Cataraugus territory of the Seneca Nation. So let's talk Native. But before I do let, uh, before we get started, let me remind people that that you can listen to this show um, via our our website, which is www.letstalknative.com. Uh, you can watch video of this uh, through our Facebook live streaming on our Facebook group pages and the group pages that we share it to. We take the audio and we put it up on SoundCloud, and uh, it goes up out as a podcast to all your favorite podcast platforms. We take the video and we put it up on YouTube, on our YouTube channel, which is Let's Talk Native TV. So you can uh, look for our podcast. You can uh, subscribe to those and to our YouTube channel. You can follow us on Instagram at Let's Talk Native TV. And you can follow, follow us on Twitter uh, at Let's Talk, Let's Talk Native. All right. Is, is that better? All right. <clears throat> so, um, look, there's a, lot stu- there's a lot of stuff going on today, and the news can be a little overwhelming. Uh, and I, I addressed a little bit of my concern about stuff going on with Trump and uh, and his uh march towards war and that kind of stuff and now and now iraq has retaliated and so there's going to be a lot of stuff out there there's not a whole lot that you can really talk about at this point that's going to be you know confirmed and factual so i'm not even going to go there that wasn't my plan to, to talk about that stuff today anyway and and frankly everybody else is going to be talking about it <clears throat> but something that i've covered quite a bit <clears throat> on the show has to do with gaming and our battles uh seneca nation in particular battles against new york state over gaming and gaming compacts. Uh, I think it's important that people realize that the Seneca Nation is not the only uh, people who are uh, who are challenged and, and faced with some of the problems that states have brought down on, uh, against Native people, especially states who have been trying to tap in and squeeze Native gaming for their own for their own purposes, for their own revenue. <clears throat> um, excuse me. i got to take a drink here. Sorry. Okay, there. I'm all better now. <laughs> um, the state of Oklahoma has been trying to squeeze big time, and they and and here's the kind of the sad part. What Oklahoma's hoping to do is to do what New York has done to the Senecas. They want to ratchet up and get uh, and squeeze the native casinos in Oklahoma for the same rate that New York State has gotten, which was 25 percent, um, not just from the Senecas but from the Oneidas from the Mohawks. So that's what Oklahoma's trying to do. They're, they they see the standard and the bar that New York set and that Mohawks, Oneidas, and, and Senecas have agreed to. And so Oklahoma's trying to squeeze them for that. And they were getting, I, I don't even know what the percentage was, but uh, I, I think it was below 10% uh, of the slot drop as far as revenue sharing. But what I'll say is they weren't giving anything in, in exchange, really. I mean, uh, it's a little tougher for the state of Oklahoma to talk about offering exclusivity 
um, and and saying and, and assigning a value to it that could you know that could have these these higher percentages. But so that he was the governor. His name is uh, Kevin Stitt, by the way. Ironically, Kevin Stitt is is supposed to be uh, supposedly, I guess, and I if I get this wrong, he's he's Cherokee, and I think he's an enrolled Cherokee from Oklahoma. And uh, he's the governor of the state, and he's he's the one who's trying to squeeze the Cherokees and everybody else. So, what the the eight hundred pound gorilla in the room on, on all of this is a state trying to utilize what they view as the um, mandatory state tribal compact uh, to make native gaming legal, and it's the same thing New York State's doing. New York State's saying, "Look, if you're if if, if you don't." pay us then we won't renew the compact and and frankly seneca nation and others have have um have conceded to that in fact there are lawyers recommending the seneca nation let's negotiate a compact and we'll make sure that it's that it's permanent that way we never have to we never have to negotiate again i mean they don't even i mean their lawyers are, are suggesting to the to the seneca nation give them something that and then give it to them forever and uh and then you don't have to worry about whether they try to squeeze you for more money later, like like the governor in Oklahoma is doing, or ever have to revisit, you just it'll just be the cost of doing business. I mean, a ridiculous cost. I mean, the Seneca Nation has paid the state of New York one point five billion dollars, you know, practically one point five billion dollars for for um, a an exclusivity that never really existed and doesn't exist. But let me get back to Oklahoma. So in Oklahoma, as the as this governor is is really was really trying to squeeze these guys. A, a bunch of the native territories led by the the Cherokee the uh, the Chickasaw and the Choctaw have said uh, no in fact we're going to sue and so and I'm not, I'm not saying that this was the best best approach either but what they did is they said we're going to sue in federal court and we're going to sue to make the federal government acknowledge that you can't walk away from a compact uh, you know they're, they're essentially suing to say that the compact automatically renews whether the governor uh, tries to walk away or not and the governor's saying, no, I'm not going to renew the compact because I want to squeeze you for more money. I want to get you up to 25% like this, like New York State gets. That's that's what the, essentially what, what the governor of Oklahoma is asking for. And so what happened is the, essentially the compacts in Oklahoma expired in at the first of the year. <clears throat> so the, the question that is always looming over this subject <clears throat> is whether... Uh, if, if a compact expires, will the state be in a position to shut the casino down or casinos down? And that has been the fear, right? That's that's the fear that, uh, frankly, even even the Seneca Nation had. I mean, let, let, to back this thing up, back in, between 2009 and 2013, the, the Senecas um, stopped paying um, the state because they felt like the compact was being uh violated or the uh, the exclusivity provision and so they said no, we're not going to share revenue as long as you're competing directly against us and so the reason they settled was because there was the belief among the president of Seneca Nation and the council that if they didn't make a settlement on on that impasse and and they they look they gave the the state of New York 400 million dollars to end the impasse they kept 200 million but they, but, the, but they paid the state of New York $400 million. And they did it because they said, we had to do an offer of goodwill so the, so the state 
would renew the compact in, in uh, 2016. So that's what they did. They they essentially viewed their, their, their position as being in a weak position that says, no, we have to pay, otherwise the governor will walk away from the... From, and this is Governor Cuomo, Democrat, by the way, in New York. So there's, there's this like unwritten or unspoken extortion that exists and and it's it's almost worse if you have an operating gaming facility because you feel like if you don't accommodate the governor then he just won't renew the compact and and again the fear is that if the governor doesn't remove the renew the compact that you got to shut down now there's nothing in in the indian gaming regulatory regulatory act that says that they there's there's nothing that says that that you that 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 empowers a state to say i all i gotta do is walk away that's all i gotta do all i gotta do is walk away and then um i don't have to shut you down and and they and i guess they believe that the feds can come in and shut them down now and again there's no language that suggests that can happen but that's but it's never really been tested until now so now you've got these casinos operating in Oklahoma with, um, for all intents and purposes, an expired compact. One that the governor says doesn't exist. The gov- governor's did in, in Oklahoma says, no, there's, there's, no, there's no longer a compact between uh, the state of Oklahoma and, you know, and, and a, a various uh, a native gaming operations. So you know, part of what my message to Seneca is, is you know, buck it up a little bit, guys. And you should be you should be following what's happening in Oklahoma and other states, by the way, because I think New Mexico also had a uh, you know there was a battle over uh, a state overreaching. I mean, I think it was New Mexico what the, what the state was trying to do was saying we want to even get paid a percentage of any of your promotional um, credits that you give uh, give through your, through your players' club cards and that kind of stuff. So if you give free plays, you got to pay us twenty five percent of that too. I mean that that's how greedy these guys are. They even want to tap into into the into the promotional um uh you know gaming that takes place. I mean it's 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 really kind of kind of absurd. But because and so why does all, why does all this confusion exist? Well, the confusion exists for for a really simple reason. Because the agency that is um responsible for enforcing the Indian Gaming Regulatory Act not against native people necessarily, but them too, but against the states to make sure the states don't overreach. Because let's keep in mind, the reason that Congress claims that they, they needed to pass the Indian Gaming Regulatory Act, because once the Supreme Court ruled a year prior to, to when they passed this thing in, in 1989, once, once the Supreme Court ruled in, in 88 that uh, a gaming operation in California that the state couldn't shut them down because the, because native people had the right to do the gaming. Then all of a sudden, Congress said, "Well, geez, if they really have the right to do this stuff, we better put something in place." And they claimed that they had to put something in place to protect native people because obviously we're incompetent. Um, but they had to do it to, to protect us. And who are they protecting us? Well, first of co- of course, organized crime. We gotta we gotta protect native people from organized crime. We gotta make sure that that they don't get bankrolled and get then get owned by the mob. And who was the other mob that we were being protected from? The states. So according to to Congress, when they passed the Indian Gaming Regulatory Act, it was supposed to protect us from states. It was supposed to lay out what the states' rights were and what they weren't. One of the the rights that they don't have is to tax us. They're, they're 
The Indian Gaming Regulatory Act does not allow a state to tax. So for, for all of you who listen, and, and, and look, I know some white people listen to this show too. But but Native people, if you believe that the state has the right to, to tax your gaming facilities, you're wrong. White folks, non-Native folks, if you think that when a Native gaming casino uh, or gaming facility opens up, that the 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 town the city niagara falls whatever that that the that the seneca nation for instance has to pay you you're wrong they don't there is no requirement under the indian gaming regulatory act in fact it prohibits the states from imposing a tax against native gaming however and of course there's always a however what it does permit is for the uh, the tribes for the for the native gaming interests and the state to enter into something that could be mutually beneficial. So they could enter into a gaming, uh, a revenue sharing agreement. But the, but again, according to, to IGRA, well, according to the Interior Department, and again, that's the agency that, that's responsible for enforcing this thing. According to the Interior Department, they, they have what they call the test, the test to determine whether a state is really trying to tax native gaming. And here's what that test is. The test is, is the state providing something that is both substantial, meaning worth it for the percentage that uh, of revenue sharing they're going to get? And is it, and of course, is it quantifiable? Because how would you know whether it was worth it or not? So what it says, the state has to concede something of value, of substantial value. And that substantial value has to be, it has to be a value that's not just equal to what the, uh, what the native gaming enterprise pays, but actually... It has to be advantaged. It has to be advantageous for the native gaming interest in the Seneca Nation, for instance. It has to be in their best interest to say, all right, yeah, what the state's giving me is worth something, so I'm going to pay them something. Uh, that's going to enhance my business. Now, if you pay them more than it's what it's worth, then then it didn't do, doesn't do anything good for your business. So, again, what the Interior Department's test was, states, you have to provide something that is both substantial and quantifiable. Now the problem with the, that the Seneca's ran into is what the what the states offered wasn't worth it, especially since the states violated not just the spirit but but literally violated the whole notion of an exclusivity provision when they started putting slot parlors in right next to where the casinos were at, at their at their um, race tracks, their horse racing tracks. So this is the the battle that the, that the Seneca's you know got into. But now again back to Oklahoma. Now in Oklahoma. There, the, the the state of Oklahoma wasn't overreaching as far as uh, New York State was reaching. They weren't they weren't asking for 18, 22, and then twenty five percent. They were asking for something smaller than that. But everybody's looking over the shoulder and saying, "Man, the Seneca's paid the state of New York one point four, almost one point five billion dollars. Would have been more. It would have been one point six billion over almost one point seven billion if um, the Seneca's hadn't kept that two hundred million dollars. By the way, so if they hadn't." really pinned back the state uh, for, for essentially breaching the, the compact. But then they went ahead and continued paying them. And so what does New York State want? They want another billion dollars. So Oklahoma, New Mexico, and various other states are saying, hey, we want what the state has. We want what New York State has, I mean. We, we, want, we want to squeeze them the way New York State squeezes the Senecas. And again, to be clear, the Senecas pay a lot more than Oneida and uh, and and St. Regis, I should say, 
and it's because they're they're bigger bigger operations. I mean, Oneida has opened up several other operations. They they have their their main casino, but then they've got you know a couple other other gaming sites. But um, I think they got they opened up two other gaming sites. But but they're nowhere near as uh, as big uh, a company or an industry as uh, or they're not as big in the industry as the Seneca Nation. The Seneca Nation has uh, three relatively substantial gaming facilities one in niagara falls one in buffalo the city of buffalo uh within the city of buffalo i should say it's on seneca land <laughs> uh and then of course one down um on their territory in allegheny so they've got three good-sized uh gaming facilities and class two gaming too so they've got a pretty good big gaming operation but again so oklahoma is squeezing you know all of these guys and again i got i gotta remind people that the governor claims to be Cherokee, and 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 I'm not saying that I'm not saying allegedly or anything else. If he says he's Cherokee, I believe he's Cherokee. But you know what? If I'm the Cherokee Nation of Oklahoma, I disenroll him. I say no, you're you're committing treason. You 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 may be an enrolled member, but but you're the governor of the state of New York, and you're you're trying to take money from us. I mean, Cherokees have uh, disenrolled people for less than that, <laughs> simply because of you know skin complexion. So. Um, man, if I if I was the, the Cherokee Nation, I'd uh, I'd just flat out tell the governor that uh, he was persona non grata, as they say, and and say no, you're not welcome here anymore. But yeah, that's me. So uh, my, my message, you know, to the Senecas is, you not only should you be filing uh, amicus briefs or amicus briefs, I'm going to say that um, in the uh, in the case that the the, the Cherokee, the Chickasaw, and the, and the Choctaw have filed against the state of Oklahoma. and But they, they should be monitoring this thing, and they should be signed on to a whole nother, um, um, uh campaign. Because there's, there's a couple of things going on. As I said, one of the biggest problems is that the Interior Department isn't doing their job. In fact, it's not just that they're derelict. They're actually refusing to do it. So even when you ask them, even when you ask the Interior Department, uh, look, will you look at the, the gaming compact? You know, we we have a problem here. In fact, we think, you know, that they're they're breaching it and that these gaming compacts no longer meet the test that was required to, to prove that they're not taxing us. You know, some of these states, like Oklahoma, they, they even refer to it as a tax. They don't even beat around the bush. I mean, it's, and, and again, a tax is prohibited. But you can't get the insurance department to step up. And that's not just because it's the, the Trump administration. The last administration wouldn't do it either. The Interior Department is completely derelict, and and actually, because they refuse to address it, and you know, and and I'll tell you, the Senate Nation tried to get the Interior Department involved. And they said, "Well, you know, we hate to get involved in this thing unless both parties want us involved." Well, how stupid is that? That's like saying uh, that if if somebody's a victim of a crime. The guy who committed the crime it has to has to want the police involved too. I mean, it's it's a ridiculous criterion that the uh, that the interior department says that has to be met. In a way, and so what they says is, you know, if you force us though, if you sue us, then you know, or this, you, or you somehow get a, a federal action going that requires us, then maybe we would do it. So perhaps that's what comes out of this thing. But again, what I think the Seneca Nation has to do, and others should jump on. I mean, anybody who is being squeezed for revenue sharing from uh, from a state should be really jumping on this thing and saying and 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 trying to press the interior department to do their jobs because if they 
if they just look at it, if they if they just take an honest and objective look at what the what the standard is for for revenue sharing, they know that New Mexico is not meeting it. They know that um, Oklahoma is not meeting it, and they know that New York State isn't meeting it. And and I got to think that there's more, there's a lot more states than that. But these are just the three that I'm aware of. I mean, I'm not a lawyer. I'm not. I don't work for the Seneca Nation. I'm not involved in the in the National Indian Gaming Association or, or any of that stuff. But I'll, I'll tell you, it doesn't take a rocket science to, to, to see what the overreach is uh, by the, the governors of some of these states. And, you know, I, I, an awful lot of people say, well, they can't do that. It's against the law. Well, it is against the law, but unless you've got an agency that's willing to enforce the law, if you unless you can call them out on, on the breach of the law, then it doesn't matter if the law is in there if, if it's not being enforced. And that's what's, what the situation is now. But, I, again, part of what is what is playing out in Oklahoma right now is finally there we, there is a place where a state has refused to renew a compact. And the native gaming interest says, well, we're not going to, uh, we're not going to concede to your demands. We're just gonna we're just gonna continue as if the old compact uh, renewed. You, you know, we're not gonna we're not gonna let you elevate the rates that you're trying to squeeze us for. So in Oklahoma, you have these gaming facilities that are operating. Um, according to the state, they're no longer legal, but they're operating anyway. And this is uh, again for for some of the conversations that I've had back here. This has been the fear that the Seneca's had. Well, look if if we don't play ball with the state, they'll shut us down. And I've argued all along that the state doesn't have the power to shut uh, shut you. Not only do they not have the power because of political will and 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 the fact that the Seneca Nation is one of the largest employers in Western New York and all and all of that, but that's not the way the 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 law was written. And you know, look, I and I I hear this all the time from people who say, well, you know the. Native gaming should just go back to class two, and uh, and then uh, and then they're not required to do do a compact. I think that's giving up too much. And while that is a fallback position, and that I don't necessarily think is that should be our threat. That should be um, our threat that we put out there. Look, worst case scenario, we're going to do class two, so you you can't shut us down because we know we can operate uh, under class two. So that doesn't serve the state e- very well either. You know, so. Um, I think that should be our, you know, bluffing position, I guess. But the, the the main thing that we should be doing is we should be fighting, fighting them. And there should be no requirement to be to have a revenue sharing agreement. And the Senecas can go on uh, and without a revenue sharing agreement. When we come back, I, I do. I'm going to take a break here in just a bit. When I come back, I want to. Um, I want to read a little bit of a statement from Governor Stitt uh, because it's, it's it's interesting because he said how disappointed he was that uh, you know that the, the the Cherokee Chickasaw and Choctaw um, took him into court because he had a different solution and I'll talk about what what he wanted to suggest uh, and why it's you know why it kind of makes me smile and uh, chuckle a little bit that this was his great solution to the problem but we'll do that when we come back. Uh, this is John Kane. This is Let's Talk Native. We'll be right back after. We'll do a little bit of John McLeod, and uh, we'll be right back. Just, again, see you in a bit.
pass Do you hear my engine roar? I'm a blast from the past Just let that engine roll And when you hear me coming I'll have that pedal on the floor Them northern lights are calling They're telling me to come on home But the howling of the highway Just keeps me moving on This 53 is winding She keeps me rolling on From the past Do you hear my guitar play? I'm a blast from the past She slides from Houston to L.A. And when I stop playing They lay us both away I'm a blast from the past I need new strength She needs oil I'm a blast from the past We both need rest before we bore But with a little bit of love We'll make it to the show from john mcleod uh, uh it's always good to catch up with uh, with some of john's music and i know john listens so uh this one's to you john um look i want to thank our, our sponsors uh let's talk native is sponsored by um ross and holly john and the rje family of businesses eric white and erw enterprises uh and the good folks at uh, grand river enterprises and native wholesale supply uh these those are the guys who who sponsor me on a regular basis every month or, or, or every week um and of course, I, I've got some other friends of the show who make a contribution from time to time, and, and it all helps. It all helps do what we do here. Um, 
What also helps is uh, is when you guys share the show and you guys participate in the show with your comments on Facebook or your comments. Look, when you go to YouTube and you watch our videos, you can leave a comment there too. I sometimes forget to check those comments, but uh, I do check into them. So whether we're doing um, uh, videos of our shows or some of our short-form videos, which, by the way, we got another really good one coming out uh, on the mascot issue uh, in the next couple of days. So we'll, we'll, um, you'll see that soon. Um, we, we always look for your comments. and But, again, one of the things that really helps us do what we do here is when you share. When you share the video content, when you share the audio content, you share the, the podcast, the, you know, uh, the YouTube videos, the, the Facebook Live videos, all that stuff helps us get the word out. Um, I am not a media sensation, and and so I have no illusions of my own grandeur at all here. Um, I know that I have hundreds of listeners, not thousands of listeners or millions of listeners. Um, I wish more people uh, would participate in the conversations because, because, again, what we're trying to do here is either begin conversations or advance conversations. So what we want to do is... Um, up the level, I mean, and 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 bring in either information or a history or perspective that you may not have considered before, so you can further the conversation beyond what we're doing here. And the only way that works is if you share, if you share the content. So the more people who are, if not familiar with the show, at least familiar with the conversations that you carry on beyond the show. So that's what we hope to do. And I know some of you do that, and uh, and I greatly appreciate it because, frankly, that's why I do it. So uh, I, w- I want to thank all of you. Um, all right. I mentioned <clears throat> before that I wanted to uh, um, read a statement from this governor, uh, Stitt, and he issued this before the, um, I, th- I think actually before the, the compacts expired. So this is what he wrote. He says, I'm disappointed that a number of Oklahoma tribes led by the Chickasaw, Cherokee, and Choctaw nations did not accept the state's offer on October 28th for a three-person arbitration panel to resolve our dispute outside of court. Stitt said in a prepared statement, this was a capstone action uh, to their numerous refusals to meet with the state and begin negotiations on the model compact, gaming compact, to ensure a win-win for all parties by the end of this year. I was elected to represent all 4 million Oklahomans, and I will continue to to be laser focused on the outcome that achieves a fair deal and, and is in the best interest of the state and its citizens. So of course, he doesn't mention that, that he's, you know, he does throw it out there that he's Cherokee. Well, he's not Cherokee here. He's representing white folks. And, and he's not, rep- look, you're not going to take from, uh, from native gaming to give back to native people. That's, that's the opposite of what you're taking the money for. But the interesting thing is he was trying to convince uh, these guys to go into binding arbitration with a three uh, a three person panel, and it's like the Senecas are saying, "Well, wait a second, better look over here. Remember what happened to us." And the interesting thing is, one of the the uh, the judges for the Senecas was um, uh, Kevin Washburn, who is Chickasaw. He's he's from Oklahoma, and so to the extent that any of these guys may be asking, you know, Washburn and the, and Kevin Washburn was the only decent uh, arbitration panelist um, for the Senate Nation. But it didn't matter what his view was because he got overridden by the two white guys, which is exactly what would take place here. So the fact that that Cherokee, Choctaw, and Chickasaw said, no way in hell we're going to let you short, you know, uh, shortchange us with, with some 
you know, kangaroo court that, uh, you know, that like the, what the Senecas went through. I mean, to be clear, the white the white guys on the Seneca's arbitration panel they they violated contract law, the norms of uh, of legal principles by saying, "Look, the language in the compact didn't say that the Seneca's had to continue to pay, but we think they have to, even though it doesn't say it." We're, we they they violated what they call the four corners doctrine of contract law, and they basically said, "We're going to tell you you have to pay, even if the compact doesn't." So. What, again, what the Senecas were trying to argue, especially with the Interior Department, is um, you need to you need to make a, a, a ruling on this compact because this arbitration panel just rewrote it. This arbitration just rewrote the compact, and they did so by adding terms that weren't that we didn't agree to. We didn't agree to it in two thousand from the very beginning. We never agreed to this, and now you got two white guys who were never a part of the process, who didn't even bring in uh, representatives who were a part of the negotiation in the beginning, which would have been the, the George Pataki administration. They just relied on uh, on uh, Andrew Cuomo's opposition to the whole thing. So the good news is that, uh, again, the the the, uh, the the folks, the Chickasaw, who, again, Kevin Washburn's people, and the, the Cherokee, <laughs> in spite of their one of their favorite sons being, <laughs> being the governor, and the Choctaw, and we can get into the talk about too, but these guys said no, no, we're we're not going to get ourselves in, in, into a panel where we can't have a bigger um, uh, uh, input onto on, onto who these judges are. Now, I'm not suggesting that everybody's going to get a fair shake in a federal court, and and I think where these guys are going is is trying to get a uh, probably a fairly narrow ruling to say, look, the the state can't just end uh, a gaming operation by walking away from a compact. That's essentially what they're, what they're what they're suing over, you know. And and and, and the hope is that a federal court's going to say, Interior Department, you get your asses in here because you've got some explaining to do. How are you letting this stuff go go so badly? Now the Seneca's tried to do that, and the court says, you know what, you guys went to binding arbitration again, that three panel thing. So what the federal court says, you guys already participated in a process that you agreed to, agreed to enter into this this binding arbitration. So. Um, we're not going to allow. We're not going to hear anything. So it's not that the, the court ruled in favor of the state. They just said no, Seneca. You can't even bring this in here. Now, I think the Seneca still have some recourse because while the Senecas can't go into uh, into federal court to um, to appeal what this arbitration ruling said, what the Senecas can do is just refuse to pay. Because what the arbitration panel said is, you've got to continue to pay because it's our opinion that you're getting something of value from the state. And you're not paying for it, and that's essentially what this what their arbitration panel ruled. Now, by virtue of saying that, if the state if the Senecas refuse to pay, and they get the the state can drag the Senecas into federal court. That's in the in within the compact agreement, and try to force them to pay. And I think this is a recourse for the Senecas because if they if they go into federal court and they say, look. What this arbitrate? We're not asking you to 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 um, uh, to to, to reevaluate what the compact says, but now we're into another area because regardless of what the compact says, it's illegal. It's illegal because we aren't getting anything. Uh, we aren't getting anything of value. The the arbitration panel may have said we think you're getting something of value, but they never assessed whether the exclusivity provision was uh, was a value. Was it worth a, a billion and a half that they paid already? 
Was it going to be worth another billion going forward? But if, if the court is going to try to force the Senecas to pay based on an arbitration panel saying that they're getting something of value, well, then that opens up that can of worms. So I think the Senecas should just continue to refuse to pay. They should support what's happening in Oklahoma. They should be pressuring the Interior Department. And and look, I'm at least glad that the um, uh, that in Oklahoma, those guys have enough courage to to stand up to the state. Because again, had the Seneca Nation really been up front and when this their compact renewed and said to the state, um, you do realize, and of course, if the state was up front too, the state knew that there was no language in there for payments to continue for uh, to the next uh, renewal period. But this, the Seneca is going to said, to be clear, we're renewing this compact, and there's no language about they could they could have it up front. But instead, the Seneca says, no, we don't need to bring it up. There's no language in there. There's no language in there. And why didn't they bring it up? Well, the the answer simple. It gets back to what I said earlier, because they were afraid that the state would refuse to renew the compact. And the fear, and and their lawyers are telling themselves, we don't know. We don't know if, if the state walks away from a compact. And they're still worried about it for 2023 when this one renews. They said, if a state walks away from a compact, we don't know if you guys can operate. I mean, they can't even give a straight answer. How is it that the, the Indian Gaming Regulatory Act was passed in, in, uh, in 1989? How could we be this far in, I mean, 30 years later, and still not know how much authority the state has to force the set, uh, you know, uh, native gaming not only into into a compact, but because there's a revenue sharing provision, they can say if you don't share your revenue with us at the rates that we want you to share it with us, we'll shut you down by not renewing a compact. I mean, th- there's no language in the, in the comp in, in the uh, Indian Gaming Reg- Regulatory Act is, that says that. But all of these so-called gaming experts, these law firms that 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 solicit their services to everybody including the Seneca Nation, the same ones that negotiated really, really shitty compacts, These all these law firms who claim to be Indian gaming experts, they can't even give you a goddamn straight answer on whether, uh, whether, whether a state could shut you down if they walk away from a compact. 30 years into this, into this law, 30 years into, into game, native gaming under the Indian Gaming Regulatory Act, and nobody can give you a, a freaking straight answer. Well, my hat's off. To uh, to the folks in Oklahoma who are at least standing up to the to their governor, uh, because there's not enough um, courage to stand up to in, in some of these states, and and I'm not saying that these guys in Oklahoma are doing it all right. I mean, I I, I think there should be, I I think they should cancel. Everybody should cancel revenue sharing agreements with the state, because if the, if the states, you know, see, here's the whole thing. The claim is that when the state provides you some level of exclusivity for operating gaming um, that it has a value and 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 that's why some of these places are paying millions hundreds of millions of dollars I mean the Seneca Nation was paying at one point as high as a hundred million dollars in a single uh, two hundred million dollars in a single year two hundred million dollars in a single year if they have to go forward that's about what the what, what it would look like for the for the next uh, period the next seven year period it would it'd be, it'd be another close to a I mean, it'd be, it'll be close to $200 million a year, $150 million a year anyway. And that's what New York, 
Niagara Falls, Buffalo, and City of Salamanca are all chomping at the bit saying, oh, we all get a piece of that. But they should be paying nothing. The state doesn't provide them with an, uh, anything of nearly uh, of, of, uh, anywhere close to that value. And n- nor is the governor of, of Oklahoma, the state of Oklahoma, providing, look, we have to do this stuff on our own. The only thing the Indian Gaming Regulatory Act did for Native people was make vendors more willing to uh, to contract with us because they now they were protected. Now there was no more um, question about whether Native gaming was legal because in state by state, in various places, you had some states that were claiming, "No, it's all illegal, and, and we're going to go after any anybody's gaming license if they if they deal with Native people." That's what Agra solved the problem for white people. Didn't, we had the right to do gaming. And the Supreme Court even backed that up. They didn't give us that right. They recognized it. So what what does uh, Congress do? All right, we're going to trim some of that. Yeah, you got the rights. The Supreme Court acknowledged it, so we're going to take some of those rights away, and we're going to do it this way. We're going to make sure that you got to you got to slip in bed with the governor of the states uh, that you, that you're operating in. That's literally what the, what Igra did. And we need to uh, uh, peel that back. We we need to have. It's not that we can't get along with the state; we just can't be oppressed by them. And 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 again, I'm I'm at, at least glad that those guys in, in Oklahoma are taking a stronger position. I mean, look in in Florida, I mean, there was some gaming down there where where guys had really excelled at Class Two gaming uh, in in direct defiance because the state of Florida would not negotiate a compact. So once they build out their class, they build out their Class Two pretty pretty big. All of a sudden, the the state says, um, "All right, we'll negotiate a compact." And so, what happened? <laughs> These, you know, Seminole and Mikasuki, um, uh, um, they they said, "All right, we'll negotiate." Instead of really pinning back the state of Florida, they ended up signing a compact with them anyway. And I don't know what their revenue sharing deal is, but we are too willing to to give in to the states. And hey, look, I, I know the Senecas are pushing back. Um, but I know what their lawyers are telling them. They're saying, no, it's the cost of doing business. Enter into a combat. When you get, let's get smooth this over. Whatever's got to happen. If we have to pay, we have to pay. And then in 2023, let's negotiate a compact that's perpetual. That whatever we agree to pay, we'll pay forever. I mean, how absurd is that? I mean, because, I mean, here's, give me an example. How much money do you pay into a state that uses that money against you? In Oklahoma, from what I understand, this governor Stitt, he's actually using the gaming revenue that he gets, that he's still getting from from these these gaming territories to to fight the legal battle against them. I mean, it's it's almost like it's not like this this Cherokee who uh, this guy who's an enrolled Cherokee who sits in the governor's mansion in in Oklahoma isn't committing treason against the Cherokee Nation that he claims to be a part of. Because no, I'm not responsible to you. I'm responsible to to you know the what do they say four million um, uh, Oklahomans? <laughs> yeah, four million Oklahomans. That's who I that's who I'm responsible to. But then he t- takes the money from native gaming and uses it to fight native gaming. I mean, it's I mean the the irony is is, is almost too thick. And you know, and that's what we see in in New York State. So. I bring this thing up, and, and I, I wanted to mention this, and I know a lot of people think that, that everything in the news cycle, everything on radio has to be about 
Trump and uh, you know, and Iraq and, and Iran and and all that stuff. And and I I'll talk about that when I need to talk about that. My biggest concern in you know is is how it impacts us. And this gaming stuff it impacts us. Look, I'm not Seneca. I don't I don't collect any royalties or any annuities or any payments or anything else. I'm not on anybody's payroll here. But I know when you have an aggressive state, and, and that was the claim. Ira was supposed to protect us from, from aggressive states and, and aggressive governors. But it's not. And when you have an aggressive state, they can ruin. They can, they can try to ruin your business. And, and, and if, you're, if you live under this fear, this cloak of fear, that says, well, if I don't play nice. I mean, to give you an example, how um, compliant and how subordinate um, the Seneca Nation has even been with New York State. So when New York State was trying to change, pass a constitutional referendum or amendment so they could do open casinos and compete against directly against Oneida and, and you know uh, and St. Regis and, and the Seneca Nation, the Seneca Nation's lobbyists, the voters that are supposed to represent them, said, "You know what? Um, the state would really like you guys to contribute to their campaign to to amend their their constitution." And I'm like, "What? What are, did you What did you just say? You want the Seneca Nation to throw, and they wanted the Seneca Nation to throw millions of dollars? They said, "Yeah, if the Seneca, the state would you would buy a lot of goodwill from the governor." If you'd contribute, um, you know, a, a several million dollars into um, their campaign for um, uh, a public referendum to change uh, to change the, the gaming laws in New York State, and the Senecas did. They didn't give. They didn't give millions. I mean, it was. It, they gave. They gave an amount so they could say they gave an amount, but they didn't say hell no. I think they gave, I don't know, it might have been $50,000. It was tens of thousands of dollars, not hundreds of thousands, from what I understand. I mean, if you're a Seneca, you should ask that question. You should ask the question, so how much money did we give give to New York State to help them in their campaign to compete against us? I That would be an interesting question to ask. And, you know, of course, it's not on me to ask, but I know they gave something. And I know... What their lobbyists were telling them this is, oh yeah, throw throw a million bucks at at the state. They, they greatly appreciate. It. Now look, it's really easy for people to think that that when you're talking about paying the state 150 to 200 million dollars a year in revenue sharing for nothing, to throw an extra million dollars on something else to buy some goodwill would that wow, what's what's a million dollars? Well, I know one thing to the, to the average Seneca, and I know to this Mohawk. A million bucks is a lot of money. Now I'm not willing to sell my soul for it, <laughs> but the idea that the, that the Seneca Nation, under the advice of of their lawyers and their lobbyists, by the way, not just not just their, the, these lobby, not just these Albany lobbyists, but their lawyers says, yeah, you know that's probably a good idea. Yeah, that's probably a good idea. Go ahead and give the state some money so they can help in this campaign. So so you can help their campaign to pass. A constitutional amendment, so they compete can so they compete against you. And by the way, they did. They the Senecas gave you know I don't know fifty you know fifty thousand dollars or so. The state had the referendum. The and the the public New Yorkers passed the um, 
an amendment. Now, the real the reality is, native gaming already did a huge service to the state of New York because they were the ones who conditioned the the uh, the, the general public to say, yeah, gaming is not a bad thing. In fact, the the state residents voted for it because they, they saw, okay, the native people are doing all right. It doesn't seem to have any detrimental effects, although you know gaming does have detrimental effects. But the overall scheme of things, native gaming was the only thing that, that that helped this referendum pass. But that wasn't enough. No, we want you to give money too. And the Senecas did. And so what does the state do? They open up a casino right, actually, in, in the same gaming market as the Senecas. They, over by Rochester. Right on the, on the edge of what was supposed to be this exclusivity zone. But it doesn't matter that it was on the edge. It's still tapping in the same market. They advertise in Buffalo. They advertise in Western New York for their Delago Resorts and Casino. And so how did Delago come into existence? Seneca's helped. Not only did they grease the skids for for a referendum, they greased it a little more by, uh, because their white law, lawyers and lobbyists suggested they do it. Well, I'll tell you, I'm not a white lawyer, I'm not a white lobbyist, but I'm telling the Seneca Nation, I hope, I hope that you are in, in not and not your lawyers, I hope you, I hope the Seneca Nation is talking to some of these folks in Oklahoma. Because you guys need to know what you're what you're up against. And and look, maybe maybe in Oklahoma, it's all white lawyers fighting for those guys too. And and don't get me wrong, I understand the the power of assimilation. I mean, what the Choctaw Nation of Oklahoma declared that they were a Christian nation last year through a referendum or through a, a, a council resolution. That's disturbing all by itself. But and and I know I've seen some of the actions that came that that's come out of some of these these Indian Reorganization Act, these reorganized, you know, uh, tribes of, of Oklahoma. Uh, Oklahoma's a pretty uh, red state. Um, you know, and when people ask for, oh, wouldn't it be great to have a native president? You know who you'll end up? You'll end up with somebody like Kevin Stitt. Yeah, he's Cherokee. He's native. Yeah, he'd be your, he could be your first native president. And, he, and he'd be an ass. And he'd work against your interests. Why? Because he doesn't care about the Cherokee. His concern is 4 million Oklahomans. I've said it before, but look, there's been a native vice president, heartbeat away from the presidency, and he was terrible for native people. Oklahoma, they've got uh, one of their congressmen. Is, uh, they, they, I think there's two, actually, I think there's two congressmen from Oklahoma who, who are native. And of course, the Republicans. That's the kind of person who's going to uh, run for president the assimilated type oh yeah you can mention mark charles mark charles he's a calvinist preacher for crying out loud you think his biggest concern is is native sovereignty no his biggest concern is whether we can be more americanized and can have equal rights with americans i don't care to have equal rights with americans i'm not fighting for constitutional rights that's not what we do this show show for we do this because we are distinct our identity uh, is is not Native American or American Indian. It's not defined by the Bureau of Indian Affairs, the Indian Reorganization Act, or, or, or any of the treaties that the United States has violated. We get to decide how we're, how we're defined. So, 
again, I, I, I hope that the folks in Oklahoma stand strong against their governor. And man, I hope what I hope their stance helps uh, helps the Senecas uh, you know, get get the courage to stand up, um, stand up strong enough against Governor Cuomo, so they are no longer just uh, you know deer in the headlights over the idea that if this that if the governor doesn't renew a compact in 2023, that they're shut down. I'm hoping that's what these guys in Oklahoma prove out. That if a if a governor tries to walk away from a compact, that doesn't empower him to have a have a uh, you know a, a casino shut down. So well, we'll have to see how that plays out. So hey, I, um, just kind of a heads up. I'm heading to New York. Uh, it'll be my first trip to New York in in the new year. I'm looking forward to a good show. We do um, uh, it's a two hour show in New York. It's on WBAI in New York City. Uh, it is a talkback show, so we're gonna have um, an hour of phone calls. If you listen to this show. And you want to participate in in the show um, directly in New York City? Then I hope you'll tune us in. We uh, you, you can you can listen online at wbai.org. Uh, we will uh, Facebook live stream that show in New York, just like we do here uh, in, in uh, Seneca territory. So you can listen to us live either on Facebook or if you're in New York City, you can listen to us on the radio, uh, middle of the FM dial ninety nine point five on the FM dial WBAI. Or like I said, you can you, you can listen to us um, uh, streaming at wbai.org, uh, and I'd love to have some some my, the ca- I'd love to have some callers from my Let's Talk Native uh, listenership. So uh, if you're free on Thursday from three to five in the afternoon, then uh, listen in and uh, give us a call. We we do calls for the whole four o'clock hour, and I'd love to have some folks uh, join me from my from my Let's Talk Native crowd. Um, we cover some of the same issues, but we also offer a native perspective to, um, to issues that affect us all, including the folks who live in New York City. So um, uh, when we get some, we get some colorful, colorful callers. Some people who uh, uh, are very supportive, and some who you know who think that I'm just too angry, and that I'm that I'm too angry um, at white people, and. You know, so we have to address that. So it'd, it'd be great to have uh, have some of you folks who listen and uh, participate in Let's Talk Native join me on Let's Talk with John Kane on WBAI in New York City. Uh, that's it for now. Um, obviously, as we go forward and we see the the impacts uh, of global conflicts and how much they impact us, you know, as I said in the last show, I'm really disturbed that Native people enlist in the armed forces at the level they do. But you know what? I have friends who aren't Native who whose kids are in, um, enlist as well um, and so I mean I actually know I actually know a young a young man who um, little town in Pennsylvania who's, who who may get sucked into this thing so I I have some you know some personal and first hand um, uh, acquaintance that that, uh, that that has me disturbed about this and and there's nothing funny about the idea of people getting killed and and when you have rich white men who get to decide who lives and dies in in another country, and then when that uh, and that country retaliates, they aren't retaliating against Donald Trump. They're going to retaliate against you know, and uh, whether they're completely innocent or not, but they're going to re- retaliate against uh, against young kids who thought that the that the military was a good option for them. So we'll see what happens. All right, that's it for me. Uh, We'll see you uh, on Thursday, hopefully, and we'll be back here on Saturday. This is John Kane.
this is let's talk native. Yahweh.